We're so glad that you're listening to the Branches Podcast. If you're in the Houston area, we'd love to see you in person at 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings. For more information, go to brancheshtx.org. We hope this message helps you draw closer to God and that you hear the good news that you belong. Thanks for listening. Uh, this is in Luke 11. It says this. Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. Jesus told them, when you pray, say, Father, uphold the holiness of your name. Bring in your kingdom. Give us the bread we need for today. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who has wronged us and lead us in, and don't lead us into temptation. Friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Uh, I've been thinking about prayer, obviously, a lot uh, with this series. And so this morning I thought I'd start with, I was thinking this week about some of my favorite prayers. Uh, while I pull this up, we, if you want to take another opportunity to check in, we can put the QR code on the screen. Uh, while I read this prayer, you can be in a, a prayerful spirit. Hear this prayer. Oh, dear God, thank you. You are such a good God. You are thoughtful, kind, gentle, and accommodating. God, we thank you. Oh, sweet, sweet Lord of hosts, for the smorgasbord you have so aptly laid at our table this day, and each day, by day, day by day, by day. Oh, dear Lord, three things we pray to thee, to see thee more clearly, to hear thee more dearly, to follow thee more nearly, day by day by day. Amen. Meet the parents. Uh, (laughs) uh, I think about it a lot. Beautiful scene. I, even just thinking about it, I had a hard time trying to be deadpan just then. Uh, spe- that whole movie it makes like my skin crawl because things just keep getting worse and worse and worse for Greg, uh, who definitely has a last name. And uh, he, uh, I feel for him because he's put on the spot. And they're like, hey, what do you want to say, Grace? And he's like, oh, me? And he's kind of caught off guard. And so in the moment, he has to pray. And so he prays and he does his best and he says smorgasbord. <laughs> uh, and it's awkward. And I so resonate with that because often I'm called on to pray in a, in a moment, a snap decision. And also just the attitude of prayer. Uh, he kind of catches the vibe of like it's this lofty thing that we do. And you want to lift up your language. You want to you talk in a way you don't normally talk. You want to address God as God. God's holy and perfect and other. And so I want to address God in a way that is respectful and in awe of God. And so you lift it up that way. And also, uh, God already knows everything about me and he already knows the utterances of my heart. So am I really telling him anything he doesn't already know? And, you know, God knows everything. So shouldn't he already be acting on the things that I'm about to ask him to act on? And it just kind of raises all these questions. And so it makes prayer feel weird. And I get it. And it's about this like this like kind of radical promise of the Christian faith. Just to kind of like show my cards from the beginning. That God wants to hear from us. 
and he does hear us, and we see all throughout scripture that God does hear us, and that in Jesus, in some way, we have some special access to God. That's, like, that's good news. Like, we don't have to like, go through any certain special motions. We could, all in this moment, stop what we were doing, stop listening to me, close our eyes, and address our thoughts and our minds and our hearts and even spoken words to God. Dear God, whatever. Dear God, bless this meal. Dear God, be with us in this moment. Dear God, heal this person. Dear God, do this or do that. Do that. Dear God, this. Uh, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We start to pray. We can do that at any moment. We have access, unlimited, no time-bound access to God. We get in there. That's good enough news for me. But it doesn't make it any less awkward. And even when you're alone, I know it's true because I feel it too, like you're alone and you're going to pray out loud, and there's this sinking feeling like, is anybody listening? <laughs> I hope not, because that sounded dumb, you know? <laughs> and, and so we have this pressure on ourselves, but, but we know the good news, or at least we want to try to believe it, that we have access to God at all times. I'm reminded of this story. Uh, David Fincher, filmmaker, great American filmmaker, made The Social Network. Uh, it's a better Facebook movie than any movie about Facebook deserves to be, really good. Uh, but he also made this uh, movie called Gone Girl, so we're kind of in this fever of crime fiction. Uh, it's a Gillian Flynn novel, and it's starring Ben Affleck. And during the filming of that movie, there's a part where Ben Affleck's character, uh, he's on the news, he's getting a lot of attention, and so he's in the airport and he's trying to hide himself. Uh, he didn't want the attention, and so he reaches into his backpack to pull out a baseball cap, put it on his head, and in the script and in, in David Fincher's direction, the cap was a New York Yankees cap. Uh, ben Affleck is from Boston. Uh, and Ben Affleck knows he's Ben Affleck. And so he thought, I'm not going to do that. I would never wear a Yankees cap. I have principles. I'd never do it. Disgusting. Won't do it. And he and David Fincher kind of had it out. And the legend is that production shut down for four days. Uh, because Ben Affleck refused to wear a Yankees hat. I looked it up, Landon was like, do you know what he ended up doing? I was like, no, I should probably look that up when I was telling her about this story last night. It ended up being a, a, a Mets cap, so weird compromise. But uh, he, he wouldn't wear a Yankees cap. Shut down production for four days, they say. David Fincher talks about this on the commentary for Gone Girl. And, and David Fincher is frustrating. He, he couldn't talk directly to Ben Affleck. Too important. Uh, he had to talk to his agent. And be like, hey, could you tell Ben, I'm sorry? <laughs> or like, could you tell Ben, uh, you know, please just wear the hat, it's a movie, get over it. Like, he, he couldn't just talk to him directly. I, I was thinking about that story this week, and, and I think sometimes we think about that with God. They're like, there's something in the way. They're like, I, 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 there's something in between. I gotta talk to somebody else. Hey, I'm gonna talk to a pastor, a more spiritual person. Hey, will you take this one up with God? Um, more special or holy or whatever, maybe he'll listen to you because it's not working for me. Or you hand it off to somebody else or this barrier in between. And we feel this, this barrier in between. I think about Mother Teresa last week. It's not just this mutual listening. Sometimes you're in your quiet and you want to say something, but there's something in the way. There's something in the way of what you want to say. So I think the disciples in the New Testament, they provide for us kind of a picture, an image uh, a mirror for us to map ourselves onto, they feel that same thing. 
They knew John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, taught his disciples to pray. They knew other first century rabbis taught their disciples, their followers to pray. And so now they're following this guy, Jesus of Nazareth, and they say, hey, okay, we're not supposed to pray like the hypocrites on the street corners. We're not supposed to just fill the uh, sky and the air with our words. How are we supposed to pray? And Jesus gives this model prayer that we know now as the Lord's Prayer. He told them, when you pray, say, and this is the way the CEB puts it, Father, uphold the holiness of your name. A little bit different than how we typically say it when we pray it later uh, when we come to the table. Uh, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hallow your name. Even in just that first little chunk, there's so much packed in about who God is that Jesus is referring to. Notice Jesus say, pray like this, my Father in heaven. It's our Father. There's this collective pronoun. Think about what you say in that moment. Uh, our Father, okay, it's he, God is the Father of Jesus, and also us, and also our enemies, and also that person at work we can't stand, and also everybody in this room. Our Father, not my Father, not their Father, our Father. And not only that, he's a parent. And aside from our own kind of understanding of what a parent should or shouldn't be, and how we are as a parent, or how, how our parents were, the implication is that God cares, that he loves There's an intimate relationship. It's not our divine power so far away that doesn't know anything about us or care about us. It's our Father. Implicit in that statement of that title of who God is, is a love. Who art in heaven, our Father in heaven. He's also close and he's also holy. He's also other than we are. He oversees all of this. We're kind of reminding God, "Remember, remember you love me. And also that you're powerful, that you rule over all. Given those credentials, I think you can do something about these things I'm about to list. (laughs) Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, we say. And there's some disagreement, and I tend to think that uh, people are right when they say it's not just naming God as hallowed, that his name is holy, and just reminding God who he is. I think he's aware. Um, But we're saying hallow your name. That is, make your name known and great in the world. Remember our Jewish friends, the name of God is the sacred thing, not even to be uttered, but just referenced to at a distance. Hallow your name, that when people know your name, it puts them in awe of who you are. Hallow your name. And then this, we talked about this in the last series. Bring your kingdom. Bring your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And remember, Jesus' primary object of his teaching is the kingdom. The kingdom of God is like X or Y. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. The kingdom of God is like a man who had two sons. The kingdom of God is like a herd of sheep and one of them goes missing. That's what the kingdom is like. There's equity and justice and and beauty and there's abundance and there's enough. Bring that here. It's a bold prayer. What might you have to do different if that came true? (laughs) Because often it's like, God, make your kingdom come uh, on earth as it is in heaven. Bring in your kingdom how are you an answer to that prayer? Uh, are you saying, I want there to be enough for everyone, uh, but more for me? <laughs> That's not an answer to that prayer. Or I want there to be justice uh, for everybody but me. <laughs> I want there to be love and care except for, for my enemies. No, when we say bring in your kingdom, it's holistic, it's totality, it's universal. Bring in your kingdom. It's a bold prayer. Give us the bread we need for today. Give us today our daily bread. And, and in that is another teaching of Jesus. Let the troubles of today be enough for today. Like, let me not worry about tomorrow. Let me think about what I need for today, not what I want for today, would really like for today or desire for today, but today, what do I need? 
Could you give me just that, enough for just that today? Give me the bread we need for today. And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who has wronged us. Uh, Notice how it's now turned to our action. So God, forgive us. We've breached some standard. Forgive us for that. And then assumed, like I forgave so-and-so the other day. (laughs) God, forgive me because we, as your people, we also forgive. Imagine if we prayed that prayer and we really meant it. And don't lead us into temptation. But there's external forces, there's things around us that desire our attention. We live in this world that's trying to capture our attention all the time. Don't let it catch our attention. Make you capture our attention. Make us see only you. Make us our one aim, our one object, our one goal, you and your goodness and your kingdom and your holiness and your love. Make it that. Another bold, I think dangerous prayer because we have this collection, this menagerie of things around us that vie for our attention all the time and we're saying, God, cut all that out you. So we pray the Lord's Prayer, and uh, I had a class about prayer one time, and I had a person in my class like, I don't say the Lord's Prayer because it's just become this ritual, and it's meaningless. It's just this thing that we say. It's just these words that just come out of us. They don't mean anything. But Jesus didn't, I I kind of resonate with her. I kind of think she's wrong. Uh, Jesus didn't give us this prayer just to repeat over and over. Jesus gave it to us as a model of what to pray for and how to pray. These are the, the categories of things that we lift up to God, they're bold things. So we start there as a model. When we sit in the silence and the presence of God, then we wanna utter something, we can start there. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. We forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. And then we add it a little bit. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Again, pointing back to this God, his holiness, who he is, as a model for what we pray. And so we we orient ourselves to those asks, to those petitions. There's good news in this. That if we say, okay, I can't move on from the Lord's prayer. I can't move on from these model prayers. I can't move on from listening to somebody else pray. There's a verse I lean on and hang on to all the time. In Romans, Paul says, uh, in Romans 8, 26, he says, when we don't know how to pray as we ought, the Spirit prays on our behalf. Translating what is like these unutterable groans is what some translations say. I've prayed that prayer before. Sounds like this. Dear God, ugh, you know. <laughs> Dear God, mm. Dear God, maybe, I don't know, I don't know what to say. The Spirit can translate that. He knows what you're saying and is praying it even now to God. When you, when you just pray, the desire to pray is a prayer in and of itself. You say, dear God, I don't know what to say. So take these groans, take these mutterings, take whatever noise comes out of me and translate it to what you know I really need, what I really desire, what I really want, and it's ultimately to be pointed to you. God, I pray, whatever comes out, you hear and you translate. And it reminds me of the, the saints of the past, the people that followed Jesus and followed God from the beginning. We point all the way back to Genesis. There's this guy named Abraham who fell asleep and he had this dream. And in this dream, there were all these sacrifices and they were split in half. And he had this vision of this fiery pot floating in between, passing between these sacrifices. God shares with Abraham in so many words, like, I'm putting myself on the line. 
I'm putting myself in the middle of your work. I'm putting myself in the middle of what you need. I'm putting myself in the middle of the promises that I've given you. I'm putting myself in the line. I'm the go-between. It's not about you, Abraham. It's what I can do through you. I'm putting myself in the middle of it. And we know looking forward, casting our vision to, to Good Friday and Easter, God did literally put himself on the line for all people. Abraham's whole family going down. God put himself on the line. And we remember that in prayer. We say, God, we could dare to pray this prayer because it's like the Lord's prayer. God, would you go between for me? There's a situation that I'm dealing with. Would you step in the middle of it? Would you pass through it? Would you put yourself on the line? Would you be in the middle of it? Would your kingdom come into this situation? So just like last week, each week, I wanna invite us to think about what that means. Okay, we're moving from being in God's presence as a posture of prayer to then this desire, okay, then what? What do I say? Uh, Anne Lamott, kind of Christian adjacent writer, uh, I don't say that, she writes other stuff is what I mean, other than Christian stuff. She wrote this prayer book called Help, Thanks, Wow. She says, those are the three prayers. <laughs> That's it. Help, thanks, wow. That's enough. Uh, don't just like every morning, oh, my prayer alarm goes off. Dear God, help, thanks, wow, amen, that's it. It's the posture, <laughs> it's the asking. Dear God, help with this. Dear God, thank you for this. Dear God, wow, I'm in awe, hallowed be your name. And so uh, I mentioned this at the top of the service that back here on this booth to my left and your right, uh, there's these prayer bubbles and some of you have already put them up. I got this idea from my friend Adam uh, who wrote the book, Talking With God. And um, there's uh, uh, some markers and speech bubbles and some glue dots back there. And I want you to feel open and free to say whatever you want. Um, I won't tear any of them down, even for profanity. Uh, to write down what you deep down want to say to God. And this is, this is from Adam's own experience that his dad has dealt with this chronic pain for a long, long time. And they've always prayed these lofty prayers in church and in these prayer circles to God. And then his dad was still dealing with the pain and it was unbearable and he pulled his car over to the side of the road and he just screamed out, dear God, heal my dad. All this time he'd been like flowering it up with all this other stuff. But what he just really wanted to say is, we've been praying, we've been praying, we've been praying God and you've done nothing. Heal my dad. That's the prayer he prayed. And I know all of us have one of those that we've like, hey God, maybe if you have some time, if you really like care about me, I don't know, if I, if I stop doing this or that, and we start to bargain and negotiate with God, if really, if you listened, would you do this? When what we really wanna say is God, do something. Pray that bold prayer like Jesus taught us to pray. So during the week, but also today after the service or after communion, if you wanna write one of those prayers down and stick it to the wall, just to like get it out, I invite you to do that. Second, as you leave today, you can kind of see a cafe table back there and there's a couple of them that have these stacks of paper on them. On one side is the Wesley Covenant prayer, which is the prayer from which we got the lyrics to the third song that Laura sang, um, the Wesley prayer that we give ourselves to God and whatever God wants to do, we give to God. And so that's a, another model prayer that we can look to to give ourselves. But on the other side is the petitions from the Lord's Prayer with some blanks where you can fill in a, a translation, your own personal translation of, of those petitions as a model of what you want to say to God. And I invite you to take one of those uh, to write on. Uh, and in your own words, if you've prayed the Lord's Prayer a million times, reform it, reshape it so it sounds like you and not like King James. <laughs> 
So it sounds like you and not just reciting it. It sounds like you and it comes from here of what of those petitions you really want to say and invite you to take one of those. I want to just end with a couple of stories that I think just really capture the good news of what it means to say something out loud or in your heart to God. There's kind of legendary story about Abraham Lincoln during the Civil War where a man, uh, his father and brother had both died in the war, leaving his mom and sister uncared for, but he was still fighting. He was still in uniform and he needed to go care for his mom because she was uncared for now. And so he went to Washington and he went to the White House and he tried to go up and they wouldn't let him in. They're like, dude, war going on. You can't just walk up to the White House and talk to the president. And so he leaves forlorn and he's sitting on a bench and this little boy comes up to care for him. He's like, you look so sad, what's wrong? He's like, tells him the story. And the little boy says, would you come with me? And they run around the White House and they go through a gate and they go through a side door. And before he knows it, the soldier is in the Oval Office face to face with Abraham Lincoln. And the little boy says, dad, this, boy needs to, this man needs to talk to you. I don't know if it's a true story. <laughs> but it's moving every time I hear it. That's what Jesus does for us. Dad, this person needs to talk to you. And it's not just when we ask, Jesus is at God's right right now saying, these people need to talk to you. (laughs) Would you listen? I try to remember that, that God wants to listen. And second is this, and you've maybe heard me tell this story before, but it's teaching me so much about prayer, is uh, Josh Porter, he's a pastor in uh, Vancouver, Washington, His son, Beck, uh, he's older now, but he was little, like three or four at the time, and really gave Josh a hard time one day. And he was just like fed up with him, even annoyed with him, and it was just like ready for the day to be over. And they got to the end of the day, and they're in Beck's room, and they're kneeling at the side of the bed to pray as they always did. And Beck, um, having been annoying all day, then turned cute (laughs) and looked at Josh, and as they were praying their prayers for their family and the things wrong in their community and for their church, He looked at Josh and he said, Dad, he had colored this dinosaur. He said, Dad, uh, do you think God wants to hear about my dinosaur? And Josh realized in that moment, yes. God wants to hear about your dinosaur. The things that we think are so small and insignificant, the things that have just burdened us throughout the day, the things that we're like, I don't want to bother God with that. Give it to him. Tell him. Use your own voice, in your own mind, your own words. Say to God, God, I need this. God, listen to me. God, look at me. God, pay attention to me. We, we give our prayers to God knowing that he hears us, knowing that he wants to listen to us, always desiring to hear from us. And Jesus and the spirit there with God, they translate our groans and they draw our attention. Say something. You have access in every moment, in this moment, to say something. It doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to be lofty. You don't got to go to seminary, don't. Uh, Just pray. Just say something. In that spirit, let's pray. Our Father in heaven, make your name known in all the world. Forgive us. Bring in your kingdom. Transform our hearts. Give us enough for today. And don't lead us into those things that would distract us just from you. Listen to us. Whatever we have to say to you today, hear us, we pray. Amen.